It's a Christmas day and welcome to worship. Merry Christmas everyone. Let's worship our King together.
praise the Lamb of God. Thank you for coming and joining us on this hallowed Christmas day as we come to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know you could have been a lot of other places, but you've chosen to be here. So my prayer is that the power and the presence of God would just rest in your heart and that he would just begin to allow his love and joy to overflow in you like never before. Amen? Amen. You know, we look at this Christmas day and we ask the question, Lord, why did you come? What was your motivation? And we can only come to one resolve. It's because he loved us that much to bring us back into the covenant fold of the Father. And I'm here today to tell you God is alive and he is at the right hand. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now. And I want us to lift our hands to the Lord. I want us to magnify his holy name. I want us to welcome his presence into this house. Father, we come before you. And Lord, we just want to say thank you. Lord, you said to enter into your gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. Lord, we just want to thank you for coming, Lord God, and doing what we could never do. And Lord, stepping into the domain of man, Lord God, to bring us back to the heart of the Father. Lord, we thank you today for your mercy and your kindness, Lord God. I'm asking, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit to rest upon everyone in this place. God, I will be careful to give you all the praise and all of the honor. The glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Give him praise today. Amen. Let's see the way to worship the Lord.
Come on, give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This morning, there are those that are facing difficulties and situations. We want to pray over those needs right now. But I just want to remind you what the word of the Lord tells us. What then shall we say to these things? Look at those things and say, what shall we say to them? If God is for us, who can be against us? How do we know that God is for us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Today, I want us to lift Patty, Lee Fogelman up to the Lord. Patty, uh, Lee is sedated right now and will be until after Tuesday. They did the LVAD procedure on him that went well, but they found some minor nick and a cut in his esophagus. There's a little bit of bleeding. He needs our prayers today. Let's lift him up. On Wednesday, we'll celebrate the homegoing of Shirley Thomas. But I want us today to lift up the Houston, the Odell family. Because any time that you love someone deeply and richly, their loss is felt. And I want us to pray for them right now. I know there's many other needs. And you've been asking, what do I say about this circumstance? If God be for me, who and what can be against me? Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we come before you today knowing that, Lord God, your awesome grace is sufficient, Lord. Lord, we know that it is, Lord God, what we need in hours and times and moments. Lord, we speak over Lee and Patty and the family, Lord. We just ask right now, Almighty God, believing, Lord, for, for a miraculous outcome, Lord God, that you will raise him up, Lord, and that, Father God, that, Lord... Every bit of Lord God, what needed to accomplish in the surgery will be accomplished. He will rise up as a testimony of your goodness. I ask, Father God, for your healing virtue, Lord, to flow to him and through him, that there would be comfort upon this family. I pray for the old Dale, the Houston, the, the family, Lord, right now, that you will, Father, just comfort them, Lord God, with your grace, knowing their attention, Lord, be entirely upon where Shirley is at at this moment. Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for a life well lived. And, Lord, she is rejoicing with you right now. Now, Lord, I pray that you will meet every physical, relational, financial need in this house today. And in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to ask our ushers to go ahead and make their way down this morning as we receive our morning tithe and offering. How many know when you give, you're emulating, imitating, Im imitating the Lord God. God is a giver, amen? He is a God who is generous. And so today I want you to
saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not fear, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of God and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the sons of Israel to their Lord, their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And now you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things happen because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their season. The people waited for Zechariah and wondered why he waited so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he made signs to them and remained speechless. As soon as the days of his service were fulfilled, he departed to his own home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. For five months she hid herself, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. Now the second chapter. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the entire inhabited earth should be taxed. This taxation was the first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own city to be taxed. So Joseph also departed from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, in Judea, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So while they were there, the day came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same area there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were very afraid. But the angel said to them, Listen, do not fear, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And his name will be assigned to you, and you will find the baby be wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a company of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see what has happened when the Lord has made known to us. So they came hurrying and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, 
they made widely known the word which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen as it had been told them. Good morning and God bless you. So thankful to be here today. You may ask who I am. I am Zachariah. No, not the prophet Zachariah. I'm better known as the father of John. Most of the time in, my, in the villages, we ask who this man is, and we're always referred to, well, he is the son of. But I'm proud to say, that I'm referred to as the father of, as every parent would be. I'm a Levite of the tribe of Levi. I'm of the eighth division, the Abijah. And I want to come down from the cloud of witness to share with you today my account of the birth of Christ. Now, as you look at this, we have to begin with the birth of my son. We were there as any other day as I awakened, was heading over to the temple in order to accomplish my priestly duties. And as we would, cast lots every day because we burned incense in the morning and incense at night. We sacrificed a lamb in the morning and a lamb in the evening. But this day, this day was not like any other day. This day was a special day for my life. The lot was cast, and I really thought I was going to be too old and retire out of the possibility of being the one burning incense that day. But no, God chose in his perfect time, in a moment that he had decided it would be my opportunity. So the lot was cast, and it was my turn to go into the holies. As I walked into the holies, the lampstand illuminated the entirety of the holies. I saw the bread set in place on the table of showbread. And in front of me, as I was carrying the coal in order to lay it upon the altar of incense, and it seemed at the very moment that I did, all of a sudden, as the aromatic beauty of those incense began to feel that room much to my amazement as I looked over between the lampstand and the altar there is this celestial being standing there I don't know about you but for me it was a frightful experience I looked at him so oh, I didn't know what was happening that day I'd never had an encounter with an angel but as he stood there he told me that my prayers were answered. He said, you and your 
wife Elizabeth will bear a son. Now I know much to my shame, it was recorded that my response was that of fear. It was my prayer that was being answered. My prayer, not someone else's prayer, but my prayer that was being answered that day. But I know none of you would fall victim to this as you face your Nephilim, as you face your giants in the place of promise where you were going to step over and you began to look around and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm too old for this. Why didn't you give me a child 20 years ago? Well, now you're going to, can you imagine Elizabeth in the villages as she walks an elder mother in Israel? What is that bump on your belly? Are you suffering from a tumor? No, I am with child. So Elizabeth and I, we didn't look to the Lord in faith. We looked in fear. We looked in fear because a promise was being fulfilled and I was on the verge of talking myself out of that promise. I was sitting there. I was looking at my resources and not the Father's. I'm too old. I'm too old to chase a toddler. I'm too old to do these things. But it was my prayer that the Father was answering. Now, Gabriel and I, we laugh about it now, but it was no laughing matter at that moment. Gabriel looked at me as I had petitioned him, not in faith, but in fear. I said, I need a sign. He said, you're going to get a sign. And the sign will be that you will not be able to speak nine months and eight days. So I had to ponder what was taking place. I emerged from the holies of holies. And as I did, the people were struck in awe because they understood that I had a lot to say but could say nothing. I went home and I didn't want Elizabeth to be alarmed, but I couldn't speak. But nine months later, here come John. Now, as they were there on the day of circumcision, eight days after his birth, the family members always want to give their input. You should name him Zechariah. You should name him Zechariah. And Elizabeth said, no, his name shall be John. There's nobody in your family named John. He should be Zechariah. He should be named after his father whose father's name meant, means that my name literally means God remembered. And he said, no. She said, no, his name will be named John. John, which is God, Jehovah God, is gracious. So they asked my opinion. They asked my input, not my opinion. I wrote it down, and the moment I wrote it down, I wrote it in faith after receiving the promise. And my lips were loosed, and my heart had, that had been swelled up with worship and praise began to pour forth in that entire house. His name shall be John, and he shall be the one who goes before the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he shall declare and make way for Jehovah God to enter in to this world. See, my son John had a purpose. His purpose was to declare the coming of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was born six months before our Lord Jesus. 
six months before. And as Gabriel told me, he said, he will be the one, a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. I didn't know all that that entailed. It was only in hindsight. Isn't hindsight so clear? I've had a few thousand years to think about this. But as I begin to look back, I see my son John. He was a man who represented the Spirit because Gabriel said that he would go in the power of Elijah. We know it was more than the power of Elijah. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just the power of Elijah, but also being a part of the Levitical priesthood. What the Lord was showing me is that there would be a transference from the old priesthood after the order of Levi, whose priests are yearly appointed to the true one eternal priesthood, and that would be after the order of Melchizedek. See, I offered sacrifice after sacrifice, year after year after year, all in my days serving in the Levitical priesthood. But my son John, oh, whom the Lord Jesus himself said there was no greater of the prophets and the priests than John. Why was John greater? Not because of his physical stature, not because of anything that he had done, but because he was the one that truly saw the sacrifice. As he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. I am Zechariah. Now, I want you to know that not only John's ministry is relevant, see, your ministry is relevant as well. You have a job to do, and that is to declare the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of all. As he told Mary, Gabriel told Mary, said, He will come and bring conviction upon the world, and he will save Israel from their sins. See, the Lord Jesus had to come. There was no other way. Otherwise, if he would not have come and just wiped out the world, he would entirely be against his own nature. He had to come into this domain to recapture his creation, the apple of his eye, humanity. The only legal access into this world in which we call the scene is through the womb. The only way that the Lord could come and redeem us and redeem Israel and bring us back into covenant is he had to step into this world. He humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death. Because the only entrance into eternal life is there had to be an innocent, innocent sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice. So the Holy Spirit came upon Mary that day. The Holy Spirit placed Jesus in the womb of Mary. Oh, I love Mary's faith. She was asking how this might come about. And he said, it's going to be a miracle that's going to take place. 
If anybody knew that there was a miracle took place that day, it was her. She walked and she lived and see, she had her part. Just like you have your part to play. That is to point Jesus, point people to the Lord Jesus and to let them know that the Redeemer is alive. The Redeemer has come. You might ask, what happened to me? Well, that satanic-influenced King Herod sent out a decree because he was afraid for his position. His throne was in jeopardy because there was a king born in Bethlehem. And as a result of that, as the wise men came, he wanted to know and tried to beguile them. He said, I'm going to go over and I'm going to worship. We, I, I want to, you tell me where he is and where he was born, and, and I will go and I will worship him. He had no intent in worshiping, but instead to try to stop what the Father had planned. But we see that the angelic hosts and God's sovereign plan continued, but it wasn't without cost. Herod found out that the Savior was born in Bethlehem. Amazingly enough, that little sleepy, sleepy town of Bethlehem, oh, Bethlehem is a place where the lambs were raised in order for the sacrifice to take place daily in the temple, raised right there in Bethlehem. But oh, Bethlehem has such a rich history. Bethlehem is where Ruth gleaned in the field and the redeemer Boaz came and purchased that field. Bethlehem is the place where King David shepherded the flock, where he was seen playing the harp, where he was called forth to be anointed king where he was called forth in order to be the harp harpist for King Saul. It was from there that we see that David was called out. We see that it is there where the Lamb of God was born, placed in a manger where the King of kings and the Lord of lords came forth out of Bethlehem to slay every giant that you and I face. So you ask, what happened to me? I played my part. But Herod's decree went forth. When his decree went forth, there would be what is called the massacre of the innocent. Every child two years of age and younger would be slain. I refused to give the location of my son. The Roman soldiers pierced me through and I died to protect my boy because the plan and the purpose of the father was great. I told Elizabeth, if anything ever were to happen to me, take him to the Essenes that live in the caves by the Dead Sea. Let them raise him there. He'll be safe. Thirty years later, he came forth as the one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. Prepare you the way of the Lord. His ministry is not unlike yours. See, the Father never intends for you and I to make this journey on our own. He gives us the message. He gives us the messenger. And he gives us the power to declare that message by the Holy Spirit. 
declared to the world that it wasn't Israel only that was coming out of a wilderness, but God himself came, Emmanuel, God with us, to deliver us out of the wilderness of sin. Bring us into the promise that we have with eternal life with our Father. I want to thank you today for coming and sharing this Christmas morn. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to step down from the cloud of witnesses to share with you my account. See, because the Lord Jesus Christ is still alive and he's still well and you have been accepted. How do I know? Because when he made the sacrifice, he did not stay in the grave, but he rose again on the third day and he ascended into heaven. You know, I rose up with him along with all the other prophets. We were seen in the streets. Oh, you should have seen the look on their faces. They all struck wonder at what was taking place as the, we stepped out of the grave. We ascended with him. But there is coming another resurrection of the dead. Would you be a part of that? Would you encourage others to be a part of that? Will you allow this season that you're in to understand that though the promises have been made, it seems a very long time before they come about. But I assure you, our God is faithful. You know, I nearly talked myself out of the promise of God. I just nearly, I felt like the ten spies. that They were standing on the greatest moment of their life and all oh, they they saw the promise. They saw the they heard the words. But they also saw the difficulties in front of them. Let me tell you, there will always be difficulties. But the promises of God are greater, richer, more rewarding. All we need is God's word. All we need is God's word. Isn't it amazing how the Lord has laced his message through the scriptures, through the written word? I did not realize the impact of my life. I didn't realize that I represented the Levitical priesthood. I didn't realize that I was a type of Abraham and Elizabeth was a type of Sarah. For see, we both were above age to receive children. We were both, both Sarah and Elizabeth had barren wounds. Gave a child in a miraculous way. I say that to say this. It's not a boast on me. I'm just an ordinary man just like you. I say that to point you back to Abraham. Because the righteousness he received, the right standing before God, the divinely appointed and approved, came not by his sacrifice or any special merit on his part. It's only because of his faith in the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. And Merry Christmas in this most wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.
But oh, he came through in the end because he discovered God is faithful. Amen? Today, I want us to take communion. We're going to dismiss and let you go enjoy your day. Many of you have family activities. I just want to thank you again for coming and celebrating with us today. If you did not receive a, a communion on the way in, the ushers are right now going to, going to just hold up your hand. If you need a, a communion, just please up, hold up your hand. Anybody over here to the far right? Over here, Danny. Far left. There's two tabs there. The bread is on top and the juice below. You will stand with me. was told this is a test of your salvation. <laughs> Do you got one open? There's a lot of innocent sacrifices that were made. In Levitical priesthood was only one perfect sacrifice that's why we can rejoice today Jesus did not know sin otherwise the deal would be off he was perfect until he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Lord, we thank you for what this represents. The symbol of your body broken for us. Sinless, perfect sacrifice that was accepted by the Father. Thank you. Thank you for coming and clothing yourself in flesh that we may live eternally with you. Thank you. Let us eat. Jesus told them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no, no part in me. No, he was not instituting cannibalism. He was given an expression that we understand that we wholly accept the completed sacrifice of Christ. We take it into our inmost being and it becomes not just a part of us, it becomes our very life source. Without the shedding of his blood, 
there would be no forgiveness. But because he shed his blood, we stand forgiven by faith. Thank you, Lord, for what this cup represents. In the shedding of your blood, that we all may be set free from sin, Satan, and self. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy today. Let us drink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you're glad that you came up, or got up and came to church today. Love and appreciate each one of you. Thank you for being here. If you are a guest with us and you hadn't received a, a gift, we do have a gift for you in the back. Also, first come, first serve. We call this the poinsettia stampede. <laughs> Happens every year. They're pretty rough this year. It's my apologies. I didn't get to water as much as I wanted to. I mean, we're working on our lights, and that's all the excuses I can come up with. But you're welcome to these poinsettias. First come, first serve, but you got to wait till I say count to three. Okay. There will be a visitation for Surly over at Coker Matthew Funeral Home, and that will be on Tuesday beginning at 6 through 8, just across the street here, highway. There will be a, a memorial service, a celebration service, I should say, here at the church at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. We will be serving a meal to the family. If you would like to, to bring a, a dish, an item, help serve, please contact Karen Ewing or give us a call in the office and let Carol know but we will uh, we will be this meal will be served at noon over in the FLC also uh, Wednesday night service will be dismissed giving you plenty of time for the holidays I've already got you to pinky swear that you wouldn't backslide so we're gonna hit it hard and heavy in the first of the year and get back into the routine of things uh, New Year's Day we will not have live class, but we will have breakfast. And so I want you to come on out at 9.30 if you'd like to enjoy breakfast, and we'll have a morning service at 10.30. And then if you are interested in the ministry credentialing or the enrichment class put on by Randall Mitchell, uh, the deadline has been extended to Sunday, January the 8th. And so you can contact the office, contact him, and he will get you lined up. Amen? Amen. I'm going to release my wife, Andrew, to go to the back and uh, to bless you on the way out. Father, I just pray your blessing, Lord God, upon each and every one today. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity, Lord God, to be a part of your kingdom. And Lord, you didn't choose another day for us to live. You chose this day. And Lord, we thank you today. Amen. God bless you. 